Good morning, church. How you doing? You can be seated today. Welcome. Well, it is exciting to be here. I've just got to start by saying I just want to honor your location pastors, Pastor Sam and Carolina Gunza. Can we give it up for your pastors here? What is taking place here is remarkable. You're good at this thing, Sammy. You ran like Australia's best youth ministry and now one of the fastest growing churches in the nation. And um, I just want to encourage you firstly, um, as someone that is a part of our church, I'm a part of your family, you're a part of my family, I'm not a guest or a visitor, you know, um, we are the same church in many locations. Um, but as someone that doesn't, in the physical realm, my wife and I and our two awesome kids get to come to this location of our many rooms of City Point Church, is I want to encourage you that you can get so familiar with what God is doing. Because for someone that doesn't come here week in and week out, it's evident that God is moving in this place. The fruit the natural fruit, and even just on a physical of the growth and the kids, I mean, it's crazy down there. There's like kids going nuts right now, right? I remember just a couple of years ago it was when Pastor Mark and Lee came over and um, we, we had this building become a City Point Church, a part of the family. You know, I came to that very launch Sunday with Pastor Mark and this room would have just this one section had, you know, a small number of people. And to see what God is doing and how God is using Pastor Sam and Carolina Gunza, who have moved their whole family here, um, it's truly remarkable. So let's give God some praise and let's honor our, our pastors here today. And uh, just before I get into the Word of God, I just want to um, just quickly share the heart of this conference as mentioned awesomely this morning. You're awesome up here, Chelsea. It's so good. Um, you know, the heart of this conference, uh, where revival lives, you know, the reason we came up with this theme and we approached Pastor Mark and Lee, like we really feel to call the conference where revival lives is because revival is something I believe that over many years has been potentially misunderstood. And... Uh, it could be perceived as something that happens just in certain cities or just in certain church services. But I want to encourage you, revival is not contained to four walls of a church service. That is not what revival is in its wholeness. Revival can be every single day of our lives if we want it to be. When the Holy Spirit is breathing and um, doing a work in the depths of who you and I are in our hearts, that's when we can take revival wherever we want to go. So you could be walking to Woolworths this afternoon. Do you know that you can take revival into that workplace or that environment, wherever you you're going because when the Lord is beating on your heart, He will give you the right things to say. He will tell you the right person to speak to. You know, you might be in aisle three and you're getting whatever it is, the cookies, or I'm not sure what's in aisle three, but you feel to go to aisle eight for some weird reason. You don't want deodorant, but you feel to go there. Do you know that that could actually be a really everyday moment that the Holy Spirit just wants to use you? And He's saying, get out of that aisle. Go to aisle eight. That's the actual reason you're actually here today. So we want to encourage you, the heart of this conference is that we truly believe revival is going to take place, but it doesn't just end at the conference. Revival is going to take place forevermore when we walk with Jesus Christ. And so we're excited that God's going to do a powerful thing. And the conference basically is about the heart and the issues of the heart. And um, the scripture for the theme of this conference is, um, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the wellspring of life. And who knows that God's called us to have life and even life abundant, a good life, a fulfilling life. And so our prayer is um, not only, as Pastor Sam said, you know, amazing speakers, David Hall, Chad Veach, Micah Bateau, there's about eight that are flying in just for our conference. It's not just speakers, it's actually what God's going to do in that environment. So I just want to encourage you, come be a part, like Sam said, of all ages, whether you're 
18 years of age or 88 years of age, you are so welcome. You are invited. Uh, my mum and dad were there last year. My dad's going on 100, I think, this year. So, um, you know, you are welcome. And to be honest, he puts me to shame sometimes. He's like the most energetic person in praise and worship. He's crying out and looking back at me like, you call that worship, young kid? You know, you need to man up. You need to get passionate, you know. So uh, age is just a number. But, um, yeah, we invite you on behalf of Jazz and I. And we're just so excited for what God's going to do. Are you ready for the Word of God? Awesome. Why don't you turn with me to this morning to 1 John chapter 4. Who knows that the Word gives us life? The Word of God, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Who knows that we are in a war? I think sometimes young Christians, often I get the privilege to speak to mostly young adults, but I don't know about you, but sometimes I think some young people in today's generation, Christians, are unaware they're actually in a war. This pacified Christian, this cosmopolitan uh, Christianity, uh, you know, piccolo in one hand, uh, Instagram in the other hand, hashtagging church, God's good, I'm feeling good, is the aircon on, is the lighting right, is the smoke right, is the, is the worship leader singing in tune? Which by the way, can we just honour our worship team today, weren't they awesome leading us? They were in tune, which is always a good, it does help. But even if they weren't, right, anyone being to Papua New Guinea or such a nation where there's a two-string guitar and there's a singer not singing in tune. But who knows, the presence of God could be so thick, so tangible, right? And so in this cosmopolitan life that we, you know, unfortunately to some degree live in, where we are blessed in an amazing nation with amazing privileges, what a shock or what a shame it would be for us as the believers to take such things for granted that we don't hunger and thirst for the things of God desperately. And so I want to encourage you, the Word of God, if you haven't brought it today, this is a cheeky just little up the bum that I want to encourage you, the Word of God, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And when you are in a war or in a battle, you need that thing. And so you don't need to wait for the war or the battle to come. Every day we get the privilege to read the Word of God. So in that encouraging vein that I've just started my message in, which is so exciting, why don't we turn First John chapter 4, verse 7. We're going to read together. This section is called God is Love. It's titled God is Love. Beloved, Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest amongst us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we may live through Him. In this love, not that love Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. He sent His Son to be the carer of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is actually perfected in us. By this, check this out, church, we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. Amen. And that we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. We're going to continue to read verse 16. Only eight more chapters to go together. Yeah, that was a joke, but that's okay. Uh, So we have come to know and to believe the love of God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in, his, in God and God abides in him. For by this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence, which I know the church, we need this more than ever, confidence in the day of judgment because he is also, we are of this world. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. 
For fear has to do with punishment, but whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Verse 19, we're about to wrap up here. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Don't you just love, just, we'll just pause for a moment. Don't you just love how the Bible sometimes isn't super encouraging? You know, sometimes we love to read the Psalms. Ever had a rough day? I'm just like, pull open the Psalms. Bless the Lord on my soul. You are a good God. You're faithful. But then we read here when God's like, you know what? If you say you love God, but you don't love a brother, you're a liar. That's what the Word of God, the edifying Word of God speaks and tells us. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen can never love a God who he has not seen. For this commandment we have in him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. The title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, I pray that you are, is perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. You know, in the church today, we have a generation that is rising of all ages that needs to understand more than ever that fear is actually a lie from the enemy. It's not a free gift from God. It's not one of the fruits of the Spirit, quite the opposite. That this thing called fear that comes at us is something that actually doesn't truly belong in our lives because we're a new creation. You know, before I met Jesus Christ or before you or I received the free gift of Jesus, we had a lot of things in our life, amen. I'm sure there's a lot of testimonies in this room today of some of the things we had been through and how we identified ourselves. But when we surrendered our life unto Jesus, then when we chose to actually with Him, die in His burial and rise again with Christ, we now are a new creation. Amen. Thank you, God, for that. Praise God, right? And so now you and I as walking vessels of Jesus Christ, because Jesus is no longer here. What a crazy thought. This sometimes still trips me out, church, that God would say, Jesus, sorry, His Son would say to His disciples as He's about to ascend to heaven, it's actually better that I go and I'm going to leave you and the Helper, the Holy Spirit, and you've got this whole thing called the world, right? Jesus, Jesus says, trust me, it's better that I go and I'm leaving all of society with you and the Holy Spirit, you've got this. And then he's just like smoke bomb and ascended to heaven, right? He's like, I'm out, peace, good luck, right? So do you know that we as the church, we're the only representation of Jesus Christ? You know, when, as Chelsea was saying, that we get this opportunity to invite our community into Easter, this amazing live portrayal that will take place in this very auditorium that will shift the atmosphere and people's hearts will be open to the reality of Jesus Christ. It's not Jesus' responsibility to fill this room with the community. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Because Jesus said, it's actually better, trust me, for the Redcliffe Shire Peninsula or the greater um, area of Brisbane City that I go. And you've got this because I've given you the Holy Spirit who's going to light your path and going to direct every step and every word you speak will be on my behalf because of the same Spirit that raised Christ from death, hello, is actually inside of you and I. So when we talk about these things called fears, can we talk on them this morning? It could be for you fear of, fear of failure, fear of a man, fear of opinion, uh, fear of um, the future, fear of lack, maybe you know, in your bank account, how am I going to provide for my family? Fear of your health. Maybe you've got a health crisis that's coming at you and you've got fears. You know, it could be um, even fears of how to raise your children because they live in a crazy day, right? We live in a dark society, but we've been called to be the light. Amen. So there's many fears that can come at you and I. It could be fears, anxiety, depression. But I want to encourage you today, church, that fear isn't a byproduct of who you are anymore. It used to be. But the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. You cannot have 
the Spirit of God in you and have darkness at the same time. Because perfect love, notice it wasn't just good karma or just love cast out all four. No, no, perfect love casts out all fears. So the perfect love is the love of our Father, amen? Not just love, not just nice encouragement. No, no, it's only through Christ, the Spirit of God, so believers here today, that through that it casts out all fear. So the thing I love about this passage is I don't have to cry out to God to come and cast out my fear because He's given me the Spirit of God. It's actually within me. The Holy Spirit is here, right? So the way that we conduct ourselves, the way that we communicate to God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit is quite different. They're three different beings in one, right? So when perfect love casts out all fear, I just say, thank you, God, Holy Spirit, that you are right here in this physical body, which is a trip out in itself. But I thank you that you belong here. This is your dwelling place. And wherever I go, you will go. And I thank you that you have already casted out every fear. It doesn't actually belong in this vessel of mine. Anxiety is actually a lie. If you're not a, maybe a believer here today and you're not walking with Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity in the next couple of minutes to receive him. It's the greatest gift you'll ever receive. But for everyone else in this room that is walking with Jesus Christ, that has the Spirit of God living inside of you, fear is actually a lie of the enemy that can't dwell in your life. It might come at you. I'm not saying you can't be tempted. I'm not saying you might not see symptoms of anxiety and have going through things where you're seeing doctors and physicians, right? Even Jesus was tempted. So don't feel discouraged. Don't feel um, like you're not a solid person or a solid um, believer in Jesus Christ because you're coming in conflict with fear, but it doesn't belong in whose side you are. It doesn't belong in your being. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm not kind of communicating that right. Thank you, baby. You're such a good encourager. I love you. Um, you know, when fears come at you, fear of man, fear of opinion, fear in your workplace, God, what, what's, my, what's, my, what's my calling? Am I even in the right sphere? What's, am I even meant to be in, in engineering? Was I called to education? What am I doing? With my, you know those fears that can come at us? That's actually something that may come at you. That's a temptation, but it doesn't, it's not something you need to camp in. Do not camp in there, Christians, in that place of um, fear and doubt, because God has come to cast out all fears, which allows us, amen, to be victorious. It allows us to do things we can't physically do only with God, that we can actually do it, which gives Him the glory anyway, right? That's the goodness of our God. You know, recently, um, the last couple of years, I was once again challenged with a fear. I wouldn't say I um, wanted to live there, camp there and be riddled by it, but it came at me and I had the opportunity to speak life or death over that situation. And it was in fact my father when he had a stroke um, a couple of years ago and we're in the hospital, Royal Brisbane Hospital, and there's my family, my siblings, their wives and everyone is like, what is going on? Because our dad is a legend, he's healthy, he's fit. What is happening? You know, ever had those moments where you feel like you're in a dream or like, is this a movie? Like, is this really happening to our family? This is, this is nuts. This isn't, this is where my dad's life is meant to end. He's got many, many years of ministry and pe bringing people into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Not today. So who knows in that moment though, you could speak out doubt. You could live in a, in a realistic um, environment that looks quite fearful. There's my dad. There's saliva that he cannot communicate. He has no motor skills. He's calling me or kind of trying to communicate a name and it's my brother who's always been his favorite, not me. And I'm like, it's Chardon, dad. It's Chardon, right? I'm not Kylum, you know. But ever been faced with an obstacle? Can we get real for a moment, church, today? Ever been faced with an obstacle and you can either choose to live in the lie called fear or you can say, thank you, God, I see this situation, but perfect love casts out every fear. And I thank you that your perfect love actually abides in me. I don't have to cry out and plead for it. You've already given it to us. 
I identify this situation, and right now I'm going to speak life into this situation. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't know the outcome. Even if our God does not save us, we will not bow down to this statue. No matter what the outcome, right? And so there I am holding my wife's hand, and we're able to either speak doubt. God, is this real? What is happening? Will he really die? Like, is this the reality of our family? Or thank you, God, that you have this situation in the palm of your hand and you've called us to be spirit-led believers and that we have the same power that raised Christ from death is here today. I know that the situation seems really stressful in emergency and the nurses and everyone is running around, but I thank you for your peace. I thank you. You are the prince of peace. And I acknowledge today I will not abide in fear regardless of the situation, for we are the church. For those taking notes, I just want to give you a passage so you can write it down and ponder on it maybe tonight or throughout the week. It says here, Proverbs 18.21, just write it down. The power of life and death, it's in our tongues, church. It's in our tongues. You can bring life into your workplace environment. You can bring, speak life into your family situation. Or in fact, you actually can speak death if you choose to. What a crazy thought that God would give us even the power to do such things. So I want to speak into us today about perfect love, it casts out all fear, and you're actually a big part of the solution, your tongue. What you speak out in moments that appear fearful, when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling like your mind is out of control, and you feel like, I, can't, I cannot relax, like I physically am so anxious right now, you have this awesome opportunity to say, God, my physical body feels crazy. I'm sure there's people in this room that can uh, relate to such circumstances. But you have the opportunity to speak out and say, but you are my God and I will not abide in fear. I thank you that you have given me the free gift of Jesus Christ. In uh, Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3, it says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out. Ever felt stretched, church? I know I have in times of hardship. Ever felt stretched? Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants, I love this, your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. Wow. I want to make desolate cities inhabited with the presence of God. You know, people may say things about Brisbane, this Shire, Redcliffe, you know, people could speak of, oh, that's somewhere where God doesn't dwell. No, no, Jesus does dwell in this city. This is the city of God. Brisbane, it is the city of God. Because we the people are rising. God is actually moving. I get the privilege to kind of do a little bit of travel. The thing I love is not just City Point. Across Brisbane, there are churches having wins in the kingdom of God. There are churches that are expanding in the kingdom of God. There are men and women that are rising up and actually taking church out of the walls now to their spheres that they're called to. And we're seeing radical things take place. God is moving, but church, He wants to stir you today. The Holy Spirit, for whatever reason it could be, I've found myself here and you have found yourself also here and I have a microphone. (laughs) So I have the opportunity to speak into your future right now if you would have an open, soft heart to hear the Holy Spirit. He wants to enlarge you today. He wants you to stretch when it's a bit tough. He wants you to actually think a bit bigger because you know what fear does? It riddles not only your future, it actually limits the the influence you have of those around you. When you are riddled with fear, you cannot influence to the scope that the Lord God desires for you and the Holy Spirit to do. So when He's trying to take you out, you know, this war we're in, the Word of God tells us the enemy has come to rob, steal. He's come to kill and destroy us, right? What an idiot, but He has, right? But who knows? We know what happens in the war. We know the outcome, amen? 
So when he's coming to take you out, it's not just you. He wants your whole family gone. When he's trying to take you out, it's because you might work in a, in a daycare center or you might work as a hairdresser. He's not just trying to take you out. He's got a strategy. He wants that whole workplace not being inhabited with the presence of God that he knows that you can bring because the Spirit of God lives in you, right? So today he's wanting to stretch you and I a bit. Come on, you need to realize that perfect love, I've already cast out that fear. I'm in you. I want to be your mouthpiece. I want, I want to be your eyes that you would start to see upon the room. Look up a little bit further and see that person in your workplace or in your social group or your, your young mum's group, right? That needs a touch from God. Don't just cry out, God, you bring it. He's saying, let's go. It's better that I have left this earth. You get going. You open your mouth. You be love. You know, when, when we think of God, He's a big God. You know, just, just ponder for a moment on what we live in, the galaxies, the stars, the sun itself, right? Who knows our God's a big God? You know, and who knows that with His words, He spoke life and light. And who knows that our God is not mute? I believe He's still speaking. Amen. Thank you, God, for that. He speaks to us every day. In fact, um, in the education system, we now start to teach our young ones that what I was once taught, that Pluto was a deemed as one of the nine planets, is no longer such a thing because it's so small compared to new planets they're now finding. So the education system's actually being taught new discoveries because God, I believe, is still talking and still creating. That's the power of our God. We, we serve a big God. I don't know if you think he's like this cute little cloud, but I want to encourage you. No, no, our God's a big God. And he's called you and I to live big lives, not small, insignificant lives. That's not the plan of the Father. I don't care what age you are here today. You may be 19, but you may be 99. God is not done with you, friend. God has a plan for those you're going to influence. And if you and I would get an understanding that God has called us to have big lives, then we don't have time to live in this lie called fear. We don't have time to let that encamp around our hearts. It's time to step out today. The Holy Spirit wants to wreck your heart with His love today. You know, when I think about... um, Pastor Mark and Pastor Lee, our senior pastors and all the things that they are doing for the kingdom of God, that often when you get time to actually just meet with them or have lunch with them, you'll realize that they are just very ordinary people that trust a very big God. And now the scope of our church, the influence our church is having is remarkable. Anyone heard of Red Frogs? Anyone heard of a She Rescue Home, right? God is doing something. He will use very ordinary people, i.e. Gideon, to do big things. Don't limit yourself to think you're ill-equipped or He can't use you. What the enemy will do will try to instill you with a lie called fear. Whereas the Lord has promised us, He's already cast out all fear. We don't have to live there anymore. You know, Pastor Mark often says, greatness is on the other side of inconvenience. It's always going to be a little bit uncomfortable. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. That's not a bad thing. That's why He gave us the Holy Spirit, the great comforter. He knew you and I, well, He's probably hoping would get a little bit uncomfortable. So that's why He's given us the Holy Spirit. But I believe there's Christians that aren't even uncomfortable. Ah, yep, Sunday. Will I go? Hmm. Yeah, I might go to God's house. I know it says don't forsake the gathering of the saints, but yeah, it's raining. You know, Pastor Sam, my kids are tired. Uh, all right, well, let's get a piccolo on the way. Let's, let's make sure we've got the right coffee and the right bean. And that we're feeling good about ourselves. Oh, I've got a bit of skin issues today. Nah, I won't go today, right? We live in this crazy day where we'll let petty things hold us back from gathering to be an army of Christ to reach a big world. It's going to take some inconvenience if you want to live a big life. In fact, let me correct that. If you want to live the life God has ordained you to live, an influential life, then it's going to cost you and I something. But who knows the rewards remarkable? 
You know, Pastor Caroline and Sam were at the Carindale campus last Sunday night and Pastor Caroline shared on an amazing man, Reinhard Bonnke, and the millions of people that have been documented that have been saved through his ministry. What if he chose to not be inconvenienced by God? I'd rather just stay at home today. The millions of people that you and I can probably bring into the kingdom of God by saying, God, you know what? Whatever the cost, regardless of the fears that are coming at me, you are my God. I will praise you. I will serve you regardless of the cost. You know, greatness comes to those that take on things that average people want to avoid. Greatness comes to those who will take on things that average people do not want to take on. God has called every single one of us in this room to live a great, influential life. But what the enemy wants to do today is bring fear upon your heart. And that's not the nature of our God. Just as we close, I want to share a passage of the Bible. If you want to turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. As we are mentioning before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And... Um, Ever, ever noticed, I don't know if Pastor Sam, if you've ever had this, when you, know, you start to actually step out and influence and then you have Christians that say, oh, don't get, too, don't get too good. Like, don't have too much influence. Like, oh, you're actually doing things in the community now, not just a Christian club. You're actually reaching the lost. Oh, don't expand your walls. Oh, don't get too heady. Like, don't get a big head, right? Like, I don't know. You don't want to take glory from God, Pastor Sam. Like, don't get too influential, right? I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure no one in this room is taking any glory from God. He's huge. I'm pretty sure he's got that under wraps, right? That's small thinking. That's not a kingdom perspective. God has called you and I to live enormous lives for the kingdom of God, that he would be glorified in all that we do. And don't let the limiting thinking of those maybe around us stop you or hinder that. And we turn here in Daniel 3, let's turn to verse 26. I'll just give a bit of preface for time. Here's King Nebuchadnezzar. And it's in, he's in Babylon and he's made this statue for those that play basketball or ballers. It's, it's 90 feet tall. So it's nine basketball hoops tall. It's huge. And uh, he makes this decree that if anyone does not bow down, we know this story, right? That, um, that he'll pretty much hurt you a lot if you don't bow down. And so the assistance, the Word of God tells us, brings in these three men that would not bow down to this, to this idol. And King Nebuchadnezzar is mad. Ever met a cray person? You're like, you are crazy. Like, look in your eyes. I can just tell that there's a bit of craziness going on in the depths of your heart. Nebuchadnezzar was cray. And so he says, you know what? Turn up this fiery furnace seven times hotter than it's ever been before. So it's ever had a hot day? Like, how, how rough was summer? How rough is January, right? Rough. Um, yeah, this is like a lot hotter. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown in. They're tied up, the Word of God tells us. And then Nebuchadnezzar, this angry man, notices that the three are now, the Word of God tells us, unleashed. They're not walking bound. And he sees this fourth figure. And so he gets his assistants to call them in. Let's turn, verse 26. Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could, that's how hot it was, to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So the three men stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, this is important church, let's read this. The high officers, the officials, the governors and the advisors all crowd around them to, and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed. Not even their clothing was scorched. Not even the smell of smoke. I want to tell you today, when you step out, when something probably looks fearful, anyone been thrown in a fiery furnace in the last seven days? No, I didn't think so. 
ever had a rough day? But when you say, you know what, there's evident fears coming at me, I can feel them. They're a hot fire for starters. That they had the opportunity to say, but our God is above any natural circumstance. And the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead now dwells in me. So I'm a, I'm a boss. I'm, a, I'm a, like someone to be like, not to mess with. Ever notice that Jesus is real confident? Not arrogant. Hear me today, but He was confident. He said to the people, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said to men that were fishermen, that was their business, that was their practice. Hey, what's your name? Great. Drop your nets. Follow me. Let's go. I don't know if you've ever said to someone, drop everything you're doing. Follow me. It takes a pretty confident person. To say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's not arrogant. This is our Jesus here. He was confident. He knew who he was in Christ. And so here we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're a great example of you and I, everyday people, right? That are battled with fear in their face. Today could be the last day. I'm going to be scorched. But they have the opportunity. Will they abide in fear? Or they rise up to anything that comes their way and says, we're so sorry, but we're not bowing down to your cute little 90-foot statue because we serve a good God. And even if He doesn't save us, we would give our lives unto Him if that's the cost. And then what takes place is we see this angry man who now he's shifting his language and he says, verse 28, Praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any other God except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. Let's just pause for a moment. Moments ago, he hated God and the people of God. Minutes later, he's now saying, praise the God. He's acknowledging one, there is a God and that it's not himself. It's the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You may have people in your world that are atheists or say they don't want to come to church or they're like like a red flag, like just don't even bother trying to evangelize to me. Yet, well, Nebuchadnezzar's prime, moments earlier, he hated God. He was going to kill the people. He was a psycho. He wasn't just like, "Mm, maybe not church. He's like, I will kill you in a fiery furnace, seven times hotter, right? Maybe this is a word in season for you coming into Easter time. Maybe that relative of yours that hates God, hates church, has been hurt for whatever reason. If you would just step out and say, you know what? I still want to give you this invitation because I know God will totally radically change your heart and your life if you would come. He can use the most powerful things. So here's Nebuchadnezzar and he says, Therefore I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race, nation or language, speak a word against our God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they now will be torn. Check this out. This is a bit still, he's still a bit crazy. Ever notice? Like he's, he's only day one in his Christian walk. So he's still, you know, getting rid of some things. Um, those angry tendencies are still a bit there. But he's saying, praise be to this God. And now whoever of any race language speak a word against now his God, they will be torn from limb to limb and their houses will be turned into a heap of rubble. Nebuchadnezzar is nuts. But he's nuts for Jesus. Praise God. There is, check out his decree. There is no other God who can rescue like this. I don't know if you're here today and you feel like you need rescuing. You're hearing the words, but your heart is like, but you don't know my situation, child. And my mess and my turmoil is real. I'm in a hectic situation that the doctors cannot physically help me. I want to tell you, the God that we're here singing to today, the the God that we are giving financially to today, the God that we are lifting up our words and our praises to, He's the rescuing God. He's in the business of rescuing people. He has come to rescue you. He has come to rescue me. Perfect love, it casts out. 
Praise God for that. It's actually casted out of you all fear. Not just some fears, young men, young women. Not just some fears, mum and dad's here today. All fears are casted out by His perfect love for you and I. Can we just stand to our feet today? If we would replace fear this morning with faith. If you would stand and say, there's fears that are coming at me, but I acknowledge, Lord God, you dwell inside of me. You have complete control. I surrender everything to you. And I choose this day, I'm going to speak words of faith. Like it says in Proverbs 18, life and death is in the power of the tongue. I thank you, God, that midst my situation, midst the hardships, midst my circumstances that I cannot control, you are faithful. You are good in all your ways, in and out of season. I will praise you is my decree today. You know, maybe you're here today and you're hearing these words. You heard the music and you heard the pastor come up earlier and share and something's in your heart. You're you're sensing the reality of Jesus Christ or you're not even sure what you're sensing, but you know it's real. This isn't just an emotional music moment to stir your heart. This is an honest moment between you and the God that, we serve who many people in this auditorium have given their life unto. And I want to encourage you, friend, today. If you would open your heart and you would surrender your life to the God that we serve, His name is Jesus. And the Word of God, the Bible, it tells us that God sent His only Son, Jesus. And He actually did, it's not a fairy tale, it's not a story. He came on this earth and He died a horrific death so that the rest of humanity may have the free choice to become a Christian and walk with Him all the days of our lives and inherit some incredible free gifts from the Spirit of God, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. There's, so, there's many free gifts the Bible tells us that we don't have to work for. It's just the fruit of the Spirit of God. And in this room today, you may be here, maybe the first time you've ever been in church, and I applaud you. I honor you that you would take this faith step to get out of your place and walk into this church. Maybe you're here today, you've been to church many times. But in this moment, God isn't here. He's a gentleman. He's not going to abuse you. He's not going to force you to do anything. He's a gentleman. He will open the door for you and you can choose to step in that car and go for the best ride of your life and receive Jesus Christ. And you know, when you and I receive Him, the Word of God tells us not everything becomes perfect. It doesn't mean every situation just doesn't come against us. Life's still life. But I don't know about you, I don't want to live this life without Jesus with me. And the Word of God tells us that if we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just, and He will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And this opportunity right here, right now for you, with every eye closed and every head bowed, and every believer in this church today praying on their behalf, interceding for those that are around us that are probably going to make the greatest decision of their lives this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. Just pray for every heart that's here. If you're here today, friend, and you could be honest and say, Chardon, honestly, Jesus isn't the Lord of my life. He's not the ruler of who I am, my decisions, my actions. Then I just want to give you this really incredible opportunity to receive Him. It's free. And with every head bowed and eye closed, this isn't to embarrass you today. This isn't to make you feel uncomfortable, but I'd love you to just lift your hand. And it's not even just to me, it's actually to heaven. And you're just surrendering and saying, God, you see me. 
I make this decision. I want to decide to be a, a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And what we're going to do by me seeing your hand, we're going to pray for you today. I won't, I won't invite you to come out of your seat or anything. You can stay right where you are. But just lift that hand right now if that's you. Awesome, bro. I see your hand. God sees your heart, bro. Congratulations. That was the greatest decision of your life, an honest decision. Awesome. I see that hand. Thank you so much, young lady. Thank you. Awesome. God sees your heart, all of heaven. Thank you. I see your hand as well. God bless you. Awesome. I see your hand. Beautiful, beautiful decision. Incredible decision. Is there anyone else here today? Do not wait. Do not wait. God in heaven is waiting and looking upon you today. Heaven is rejoicing right now. Is there anyone else in this moment? This isn't an emotional decision. This is an honest decision between you and Jesus Christ. And we, the church, are ready to celebrate with you just as heaven is about to. Anyone else here today? Awesome, awesome. Why don't we all just lift our eyes for a moment? We're going to pray, church, because we've just, like, this is the great, like, I know healing the sick and someone coming out of wheelchairs is a rad miracle, but this is the greatest miracle. Salvation, people coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters in our family receiving eternity in heaven. And so we're going to pray right now. If that was you, those four people that lifted their hand, um, I just love that two of you are, elderly and God is not done with you and today you lift your hand to him and you've just received new life today and that he's watched your whole journey your whole life up to I'm not going to guess ages because I'm terrible at that but you know what it's a powerful thing that you have just lifted your hand and said Jesus have my life have my eternity and right now we're going to pray let's pray church Lord God we thank you we thank you that you sent your son an act that you didn't have to do, but you did it because you loved us. That perfect love for you and I. Lord God, we thank you that you come and you sent your son Jesus to pay an ultimate price that we may live in victorious life, that we may live a free life, free from sin, free from shame, free from guilt, that we may walk in complete freedom in you, wholeness in you. And we just pray right now upon these four incredible human beings that have raised their hand and opened up their heart, Lord God. I thank you that you wash their sin as white as snow, that they are a new creation, that they now are called sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we all said, amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate. Let's party with our new family members today. Welcome. Welcome to your greatest life. You know, heaven is celebrating right now. Heaven is like, you think this is a party, but this is nothing on what heaven is doing right now. And uh, we just want to let you know that on your way out today, we would love to just quickly have time with you just to get to know you, give you a Bible if you need a Bible. Um, we'd love to see you connected into the life of this church because this isn't strangers anymore. This is your family. This is your brothers and sisters. We have the same bloodline now. So church, come on one more time. Why don't we celebrate and welcome. Come on. This is the greatest miracle to humanity today. Praise you, God. Glory to you, Lord. Well, church, as we go out today, I want to encourage you that perfect love has cast out every fear. You have everything you need to influence everyone around you today. Do not wait. Do not pause. Do not be timid, but be able to step forward and say, God, use me today. Make it your prayer. Holy Spirit, let's have a fun day today. What can I do on your behalf today? Jesus, you are no longer here on earth. Use me today. Don't wait till next Sunday. Don't wait for three months. In an hour, you could be having lunch in a cafe and God wants to use you today, church. Be His mouthpiece. So as we go out, let's praise God. Let's celebrate God. Church tonight, 5 p.m., Pastor Joel's going to be here. It's going to be nuts. Why don't we praise God today? 
Have a great week, church. God bless you.